You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 309 of East Central News Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Uh, Dakota Davis is on assignment, keeping your lights on. Zach Burcham is our producer, and we'll call him our co-host tonight, because why the hell not? We'll give him the promotion. We'll double his pay, and he gets to be pro- the uh, co-host tonight as well. Welcome, Zach. Good evening. Thanks for your contribution. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, we've got, we're, this is going to be the blue collar episode, the blacksmithing, the forging, the metal and fire episode of Boss Hog that Dakota Davis has always dreamed about. And yet he's off somewhere shutting somebody's power off. Um, <laughs> but we're going to have some fun. We've got Greg Koontz here. We've got a guy named Francis Stroll, but it's not like you think he's not going for a walk. It's about, uh, it means he's a cheap carpenter. I think is that what it is? Uh, cheap, cheap, uh, roofer, cheap roofer. roofer. He's a cheap roofer. Yeah. Francis Stroll. They're going to be our guests. Uh, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new. Just did ourselves about 15 or 20 minutes on Patreon. Zach, we learned some things. We learned that you are um, probably going to be the crew chief of a drag racing car next year. Yeah. Um, I guess I have no need to book camping for Labor Day. I'll be at IRP. You'll be at IRP. Uh, you're going to be in the U.S. Nationals. And, and jet car. Not just drag car. Jet car. Jet car. I do have a fantasy of adding a roasting hot dog to that story. So <laughs> at some point, i got to get that worked in if I can get I mean, at the size of the jet, I, would, I wouldn't I would go roasting hot dog. I'd go bratwurst. Yeah. I'd yeah. Go, go big. Go to Johnsonville. Yeah, go big. Uh, and then uh, we also learned about our – we talked about it last week on the Patreon. Uh, we had our bearing – packing party or a berry picking party yeah dakota thought we were going berry picking <laughs> it kind of like crushed raspberries at one point everywhere to put it politely yeah all right so if you want to be a part of that you can join patreon patreon.com slash boss liberty you can join at any level but if you do do join at 50 dollars or more a month you help pay the bills you keep the lights on you keep the uh the web hosting happening uh you also get a shout out at the beginning of every every episode zach who do we shout out at the beginning of each and every episode? Christy Avery, who's just our favorite Norwex dealer. Um, we got Jonathan Phillips, who is our favorite uh, GMC um, Buick dealer. And Andy also, Moore Buick GMC yeah. and Fishers. And uh, also running for, is it uh, Ward 2? Yeah, Ward 2, Newcastle. And then Anthony Meyer, who is driving back and forth across the country every couple of days, uh, keeping the shelves full. And the, I don't know if he's doing the memes as much, but probably keeping the memes flowing as well because he's all about the memes. Um, but keeping the products moving around the country. All right. And if you want some merch, hit Dakota up. Dakota at BossHogLiberty.com. Let him know that email address still works and go buy you some merch. Let's talk to our guests. They've been waiting here politely. They've been uh, they've been noticing the the show notes and the, the, the heavy card stock that the patrons <laughs> were able to buy for us as we just fritter away their money. Uh, welcome, guys. So, Francis, you are wearing a T-shirt that says Coal Ironworks. Yes, sir. Uh, which sounds very, very, very um, dangerous. And Greg, you've got Greg Kuntz Metalworks. So, I assume that you're rivals, and we're here to we're, we're here to, to to battle something out. I, I I got my Coal Ironworks shirt dirty on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most Greg response <laughs> that could have happened. I planned on it, but uh, I yeah, exist. So but it I, stay but I, but I, but I had to change somebody's oil on the way over yeah. and used it as a shop towel. So here we are. I sneezed, and that white shirt's black now. <laughs> so, so Greg has been a been a, a supporter of this show for a very long time. You were an early listener. Uh, I believe you were not living in Newcastle at the time, and you had signed up for Patreon. and And Dakota was very excited. He's like, "There's some guy from like Florida that joined. That, that's a patron. I can't believe it." I, I had just moved from Newcastle to New Mexico, and I started listening to your podcast just for local news and stuff. And so I lived in New Mexico for two years and moved back. Well, very good. 
yep, we mailed you a card or something. And it came back. I'm like, well, I don't know who the hell this guy is, but he didn't get our note. It, <laughs> oh, he's too close to Roswell. So yeah. The yeah, government it, shut it down. They were like, no mail. This guy knows too much. I, I don't, we did not include it in the show notes, but aliens exist. Congress yeah. said last week. Uh, it's what been, are they hiding? Yeah, that's what I'm asking is like Hunter Biden did something. So they were like, uh, tell them about the aliens. Yeah, that's definitely probably what's happening. It's election year. <laughs> Nobody knows. Zach, do you have any idea? What, uh, do you have any alien opinions yet? We are four minutes into the show and we're on to aliens. This is going great. <laughs> I didn't study for doubt, aliens. I don't doubt any of it, though. I'm like, I've I've read a really long story once about a family that owns an old mine over Groom Lake, which is another name for Area 51, and they they still, to last I knew, still own the land. But when they want to go there, they have to like run an in depth background check on anybody that wants to go there, and the government has to like let them go. And every once in a while, if they try to stay the night. They might be doing practice like bombing runs, and some of the munitions might accidentally hit near their house or something like where the the house is on the property. So, and the other thing is, just statistically, if the universe is as big as we think it is, there's got to be something else out there. And the only scary thing is if they get here, then that means they're probably doing better than we are, and it's, we're we're horrifically outmatched, so you don't yeah. want to piss them off. Yeah. yeah, so I don't I don't doubt it, but yeah, it does seem like just like yeah, we got aliens. You know, we've got the ships, too. It's like, okay. Like, so I don't think anybody would be shocked. But at the same time, you kind of wonder, yeah, the Congress is a circus. So <laughs> you never know who they're going to parade out of the as the next attraction. I'm surprised he didn't just like, here, look, we just drag it out and just drug an alien body <laughs> out the side somewhere. Marjorie Taylor Greene pulls out pictures of a sex tape of the aliens or something. Who knows? So, Francis, tell us about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Well, first of all, I agree with everything, everything you just said. Um, I want to affirm that. Uh, second of all, um, I am the general manager at Coal Ironworks. Uh, kind of like Greg, I grew up around here. I uh, grew up in Alexandria and uh, ended up moving to Indy, St. Louis area. Now, now, for those that are really local, they don't call it Alexandria. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> I grew up in Alec, and I call it Alec. But when I get, what is this? East when I get east of Anderson and I we say don't know Ellick, what the hell you're people, talking about. People are like, "What's Ellick?" I, I looked and I'm for like, Ellick on a map. E L L I K, not there. E L L E C K. I don't know where Ellick is. Well, so since, it's since a made I've spent up place. So much time outside of Ellick. Now you're, you're I, the one. I'm trained to say Alexandria. But if I'm in Anderson or if I'm in Ellick or Elwood anywhere like that, it's it's Ellick. But uh, I grew up there, uh, moved around kind of different areas, and then came back last year. Um, to help my best friend Nathan run Coal Ironworks, uh, which he founded with Andy Davis, who's from, uh, is it technically Newcastle? Newcastle. 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 Yeah. Okay. I don't know where the city lines are out here, but um, he passed away um, in December of 2021. And uh, with the loss of Andy, I, I came back to help kind of run Coal with, uh, with Nathan. Very cool. So tell us, tell us about what Coal Ironworks does, and then we're going to get into some of the, uh, some of the ways that people that are in the audience might be interested in participating. Yeah. Um, so we make hydraulic forging presses and uh, induction forges and we sell material. So essentially we are on the uh, power or modern side of blacksmithing. Uh, and what we're doing is to supply makers. So uh, it started out with two blacksmiths, a swordsmith and a tool maker. So I, I grew up around horses. So I think blacksmithing, sure. I think farriers, but that's not necessarily that's, what you're no, talking. That's, that's not, um, we have, we, ha we have farriers that, that have our machines and we support farriers. We love farriers. Um, any farriers that are out there listening, they know it. We know it. They're a weird breed in, in the blacksmithing community and a lot of bad and, bags and, and better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're, they're, typically way more honed in their skills because their job comes more down to time than any of ours does. If they can get off, you know, five or six shoe and five or six horses at the same time it takes me to do two, their business is going to do better. So I actually have uh, gone to a farrier competition and watched a guy shoe a horse in 90 seconds. It's just insane. Um, I, hope, I hope the horse knew what the hell happened. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I got to pop there. Uh, anything that has to do with metalwork, we've we've uh, we've made uh, press break. We've made 
50 ton machines. We've made H frames. We've made C frames. So pretty much anything that we can do to support a maker, whether it's in the metal industry, we have glass blowers that have our stuff, farriers. Um, we, we try to do, we want to bring back American made, no matter what that means, no matter what you do. That's the real core of, of I send the notes. That's why I said it's the core. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, that's the core of what we do is we find ways to support American made makers, uh, and empower them to work for themselves, not have to work for giant corporations. Um, we're lucky enough to be family owned, to be run by a very intimate group of people that care about each other, um, that take the time to do things right. And uh, we want to help other people do that in, in the process. So you guys sell a little bit of steel, but you don't really do much fabrication yourself. It's the tools for people to do that, to, to do it on their Correct. own. Correct. So as much as we can, we build the machines from top to bottom. Um, so you're not going to call us to get like a gate installed or uh, a lot of us do side projects. Like if you wanted to buy hand tools, you might call Nathan. If you wanted to buy a $500, $600 knife, you might call one of our guys. Um, if you wanted to buy a recreation Nordic sword, we've got Dave, um, who loves to talk about his 5,000 year old bog oak, uh, which he makes handles out of. Um, I hope Dave listens to this. I sound like TSA's worst yeah. nightmare. Uh, so I actually just got back from a show in Atlanta where we're literally sh- like getting on the plane with gun cases full of swords and knives. I was going to say, it just sounds like, <laughs> how the hell does this work? It sounds like everything to get you on how do you, how, do you, how do you get through, how do you travel at all? Well, I don't, I'm not a knife maker, <laughs> so I don't have to worry about it. Um, but they, they do, they, they buy, uh, so, uh, gun cases and they put their, their knives and their swords in there and they pack them really neatly. And then they have the same tags like you would a gun yep. and you have to, claim it the same way you would a gun. Then you get to the carousel and the people who are giving it to you have no idea what's in the package, just like they would a gun. <laughs> you know, like right. that's the part that always surprises me. They're like, Oh, what is this? Is this a surfboard? And you're like, yeah, absolutely. That's a surfboard. <laughs> I came to Iowa to surf folks. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we just got back from Atlanta and that's always the fun part is that's uh, I think it's like 30,000, 40,000 people at that convention and you can just stand in the airport and you can pick them out. I'm going to see that guy this weekend. I'm going to see that guy this weekend. Um, and it's people that you don't ne- necessarily recognize in the industry, but you can just tell like you, you how just, excited they are, what they're carrying, you know, what shirt they're wearing. The amount of flannel. Yeah. 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 A lot of flannel, a lot of flannel. And you can it's, pick it's, out knife collectors in a crowd. In well, a yeah. Second. Knife collectors. When you're at these conventions, it's always fun because you have these people who are collectors and these people that are resellers and they're the ones that pay for early admittance. Uh, and I'm, fortunate enough that I'm not selling knives at this event. I'm selling our product. So these, these early admittance people, they don't care about my product. So I can just people watch for like two hours. Uh, and you have the very clean cut. I'm going to take this. I'm going to sell this to some other company to be able to resell it. And then you have the collectors and these, these resellers are just running over these poor collectors, knocking them over and they'll just walk up to a booth and they'll be like, okay, I like these four. I want your whole table. Meanwhile, you have one guy that wants one knife Yeah, and it just got, and he just lost hands. it all. He just lost it. Boy, this guy's like sounds like a dangerous place for a stabbing. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know how long you would last if you tried to commit violence at, at this place because it it it's thirty thousand forty thousand people sounds like a lot, but it is a very small tight knit community. Um, anybody over fifty is your grandpa. Anybody twenty five to fifty is your brother. Anybody younger than twenty five is your little brother. Uh, anybody under five nine is your little brother. Honestly. Um, <laughs> So it's a really small community. So there, yeah, there's a lot of danger involved in in the show, maybe, but uh, you wouldn't get you wouldn't get too far. Also, a lot of ex marines and seals and stuff like that that you might not even make it to the victim before. <laughs> so, Greg, you're a veteran uh, and a knife maker. This is this starting to make sense as to how you fit into this deal. It, it, it makes sense, uh, although I look much different than most of the knife makers and knife collectors, but yes. Well, you look like the veterans though. Yes, I do. I do. Yeah. But like we just had the Renaissance fair here last week uh, in Newcastle and I had my booth set up and it's uh, very obvious who's going to come look at your booth and, (laughs) and care. (laughs) They're dressed a certain way. It's no, it's no, it, not not necessarily that. What you can tell by the at way the Renaissance they, they carry themselves. Oh, okay, all right. So we, I actually just had a, a local maker on our podcast um, 
and he made a joke off off camera um but essentially he was like oh you know people that wear uh cookie monster sweatpants they're never gonna buy a knife and i was like dude i'm not joking you like two weeks ago me and greg were at the the farmer's market and this guy came up and it was the quintessential if you were to close your eyes and be like the guy that will never buy a knife bought two knives was super stoked about it. So it's it's genuinely the way people carry themselves when they walk to your booth. That's how you know if they're actually there for, oh, this is super cool. I have $10. Or if they're actually committed to the craft and they're willing to talk to you and learn about it. And even if they buy nothing, you're going to have a genuinely good interaction. There you go. Well, and there's, there's probably some barrier to entry or some thought of, I don't know what the hell I'm getting into. Uh, it sounds like in, in, in the industry, uh, in the maker's industry, you genuinely do care about what the product is and, and making sure that people understand and have an appreciation of it. Yeah. But it starts with not understanding and, and that spark of intrigue saying, well, how does that work? You know, we were all five years old and took apart the remote control and put, or, you know, maybe it was even just taking the batteries out and putting it back in. And then your mind goes, wait, how does it work when these are out or in, but not when they're out. Uh, and that's what we want to uh, address. And that's kind of the people that walk up and they're like, Oh, so you do this all by hand. It's a, yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, there's power tools involved, but <laughs> um, that's that's what we want to drum up is we want to drum up that curiosity because curiosity is what's going to drive a better product in the end. So some of the folks that are involved with Coal Iron Works, there's some pretty neat products and things that might be memorable for folks Yeah, that, uh, that have come through there. You want to share some stories? Um, so... Uh, the first one I'll share uh, is even before Coal Ironworks started, I, I want to kind of share about Andy. We have his hammer in coming up. We'll talk about later. But uh, Andy and David grew up uh, literally just going and collecting ore from the soil and, and trying to make their own steel. So they were that involved where they were like, we want to make our own steel. And and they're they're both huge nerds, and, and I love them with my whole heart, and I'll tell them to their face, and I but they, Andy was a huge nerd. David still is. But um, they got the chance at like 18, 19 years old to make a sword that was featured in Thor. So Say that was, one more time so that they understand what you just said. <laughs> it was uh, a sword that was featured in the cinematic Marvel Universe. Is that what it's called? Or Marvel Cinematic Universe. Sure. For uh, Thor, it's the Sword of Asgard. Idris Elba holds it. Um, and a fun story about that is I went while they were making it. And um, they were like, oh, we're going to make this thing that we can't tell you about, but you can help. <laughs> yes. Great. Um, about 15. That's pom- how I draft my volunteer labor as well. <laughs> about uh, 15 pommels. What I thought were pommels later. Um, I realized that they just had me on a grinder so that I felt involved and nothing I did ever ended up on the sword. Um, so that started that I believe they were doing mad dwarf at the time yes. after mad dwarf, uh, switched off my best friend nathan had just moved to indiana from ohio and i was like you have to meet my friend andy and uh he was like yeah i'm starting a business with him (laughs) i added nathan he's an exclusive Um, guy i added him on facebook like eight years ago still waiting for him to accept yeah he yeah yeah it's not happening um yeah not gonna not gonna happen um but uh they started their business it originally started off essentially as a hot shop what what can we do that other people don't want to do? There's the infamous ring story where they made rings that go around the fire detection system at Nestle. They kept pulling up their pallets and knocking into those, those sprinklers and sending them off and ruining hundreds of thousands of dollars in merchandise every time. So they made these, I don't know what, 12-inch rings. I thought they were more like six inches. Maybe six. So in Anderson, know. where you're at, for those that are listening across the country, Nestle has a massive manufacturing facility. Massive. Right on Is I-69. it manufacturing or is it storage? It doesn't matter whether it's I believe it's both. For, the, okay. for our purposes, they make chocolate milk. That's yeah. all we need to know. Yeah. So, so um, you saved the lives of millions of gallons of chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they made these rings. They go to deliver them, and they said, we can't install these because they have rust on them. First of all, they were a nightmare to make. And then they were like, well, they have rust on them. Well, okay, cool. We'll take them back. So we hand grind polish them. them put put the wd-40 on them y'all don't have a wheel abrader we had listen, <laughs> it was it was how many thousands of rings i th- i think it was like two thousand rings see i was thousand twenty five hundred. it was um, Did somebody to like back up a dump truck up and just dump them outside and be like somebody's got to clean these up and just be like well just, just start i would just I don't know how you make 2,000 of something. You show up as a small business and you just want to throw them at them. <laughs> the, the rage, the pure uh, rage that it would elicit. Well, like two or three months later, after doing all this work and getting them and, and, and getting them installed and taking all the rust off, which was literally, if you knew Nate or Andy at the time, it was, hey, man, you want to hang out? Cool. Come, come to the garage. 
we're doing rings. And it was like that for like three months. Um, but we found out about this product called Evaporust, which you just put stuff in and it eats the rust off. And then you take it out and you put it in this other stuff and it coats it and it seals it. Problem solved. Problem solved. Takes away three months of manual labor. <laughs> but we didn't know about it at the time. So uh, we've done everything from that um, up to uh, the very first forging press that we made was made out of an old log splitter. Um, Andy made it. And they were like, okay, we have this cool idea that we can start making these. Uh, every blacksmith has the dream of being able to do it in their garage. Every blacksmith's wife wants to live in town. <laughs> so they were like, maybe we can do both, right? And and we didn't invent the, the forging press by any means. We just are trying to make it more accessible because we make it on 110. We, you can run it in your garage, 220. Um, if you've got a dryer in your garage or anything like that, it's a 30-amp circuit. So, um we, we make the forging press and about 10 presses in and he's like, I think we're done. That's the market. Scratched my itch. I'm good. There's, there's 10 blacksmiths in America. That's it. That's all we will ever sell. And Nathan was like, no, let's do this. So, you know, fast forward seven years and I think we're up to order 7,000 now. Uh, we're, we're closing in on 7,000 on our, on our, our shop orders. Um, so I think Andy would underestimated that just a little bit. Um, but we have presses in some really cool guy shops. Uh, Steve Schwarzer, he's a world renowned, everything, everything, uh, boat racer, um, martial artist, martial artist, uh, power lifter. He's, he has the world record for power lifting. Is it clean, clean and jerk seniors category? Something I think like that. So. Um, he has Dakota lived is everywhere. listening to this crying right now. So, just so you know, <laughs> you um, should. He everything I've heard about Dakota, it sounds like him and Steve would. Yeah, you would actually get along. met him at the uh, demo that we did. He was okay. with his son. There was a lot of yeah, fathers and sons at the event, so um, he was the one giggling <laughs> like a schoolgirl. <laughs> okay, uh, we've got. Uh, Press is in, I don't know if you've heard of Neil Kamamara. He's been in GQ interviews recently. Uh, he's the guy on the YouTube videos that are, that's like uh, a bladesmith reviews blacksmithing in a movie and stuff like that. And he's, he's a really awesome guy. He reached out after the first season of Forge and Fire. I think he was first season. Uh, reached out and he was like, hey, I won. I want to buy a press. Uh, you know, five years later, he just bought a double-sided press custom paint job from us. With the digital press controller. with the DPC that we launched. He got the final version before we launched it. What is a digital um, press controller? So digital. And why press do I need one? <laughs> I don't know. It just kind of sounds like you need one, right? That's uh so digital press controller takes your press from being uh, manual function on the valve to being digitally. So essentially a CNC machine for your hydraulic press gives you very, very accurate uh, capabilities as far as up and down go. Uh, you don't over squish stuff. If you're doing things within very tight tolerances, I think it holds yep. like a, like a 10 thou tolerance and, and faster. Uh, well perceived speed because yeah. you're not wasting your time going up, but yeah, absolutely. So if you have your set limit, uh, lower for your high end, you're not spending your entire time retracting up. So, so the, what's might somebody be making a blacksmith? So they, they uh, like, are, we're making knives. What are, what are the, the kind of the customer base and, and the, the things that your shade tree blacksmith so is making? If it's hot and it's metal, you need a press. That's essentially what it boils down to. In today's day and age, doing things by hand, you won't be able to keep up. Your prices will be so astronomical that nobody will be able to afford them. Uh, so we've got hammer makers. We've got hand tool makers. We've got artists. We've got knife makers, sword makers. Um, axe we make makers. axe makers. We've got um, these. My favorite tool that gets made on our press. This is going to sound really nerdy. It's called a hori hori. It's a Japanese gardening tool. It is a serrated blade on one side, a sharp edge on the other, and a. Um, is that the ones bent makes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and a, and a hand trowel. So uh, they're and super Dakota cool. misses out on gardening talk too. Son <laughs> of a he is crying. Uh, weightlifting, blacksmithing, and gardening. I know. This is like if this you is guys the have, if you guys have anything that can help take care of a chicken, you have anything for chickens or for running marathons. I can do chickens. I can't do <laughs> marathons. We can talk about chickens all day. Now, now before we get too far, that first press that Andy made mm -hmm. was that the one made out of Rob's log splitter that they had at the Mad Dwarf workshop. I don't think it was Rob's, but uh, it, that was the one at the Mad Dwarf. Okay. Yeah, I think I, it was. I, uh, I think it was. It was I think it was Vicks. No, this this was this was back when fourteen fifteen when they first started doing Damascus. They had a log splitter made into a press, but it was Rob's. The gas one. 
Yes. The gas one David still has. That one was okay. Yeah. Separate. Okay. Yeah, that one's separate. Fair, I could be completely wrong on that, but I think David still has the gas one. Okay. Um, and the first coal ironworks one they uh, they took from Vic Shop, who also just passed away. So 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 this is a very young industry, right? Everybody that's operating, everybody that's involved is essentially millennials. So age, our right? our company's very young, yeah. but we no, not at all. It's, well, you're, this you, you've you've created a product that essentially didn't exist, not at the scale that we've we've put it out to. There are, right. there are a few people that made them. There's uncle Al's there's big blue. There's, you know, there's names out there, but what we really did that I, I believe is, is kind of different uh, is we made it accessible. And we also, we went to shows and we supported our community and people already knew Andy and they knew Nathan and, and we just, we were genuine. It wasn't some big company that came out and said, Oh, it, there's uh Eng Yang, right? They make forging presses for NASA. We're talking 500 ton forging presses that would take up a building. Well, they also made, your twelve ton, I think, was the big game yeah. So changer. there's there's companies like Ang Yang that come in, and it's just obvious that it's like they're just trying to make a buck off somebody. Where uh, our company kind of grew up from, we made this for ourselves. Do you like it? It's genuine. It's yeah. yeah it's yeah. it's the genuine. And when you call us, it's not some call center. You get me right. You, it doesn't matter if you're calling to sell me LTL Logistics, which I get seven a, of a day. So please don't do that. Yellow won't call anymore. Um, don't worry about them. <sighs> I, everybody's calling because yellow won't call anymore. That's the problem now. Um, if you have a service, if you, if you want uh, sales, it doesn't matter what you're calling for. You're going to get me. And I think that's another thing too, is, is it's not like, Oh, I hope these guys answer. Or I hope this email gets read. I mean, we still run our emails off Gmail, <laughs> you know, like we have a at coal ironworks, but it's all through, through Gmail. So it's, we're still a very small company. It's still very genuine. We go to every single show that we possibly can, uh, we support everybody in any way that we possibly can. Uh, and I think that's really the difference. Uh, going back to your original point, though, of, of it being a young industry, this is an incredibly old industry that we've hopefully found a way to um, inspire people and rejuvenate, uh, even if it's in a hobbyist mode. You know, uh, Greg may never end up being a full time knife maker, but I'm super stoked that he came to our hammer in and was like, oh, I can do that. That's sick. Let's, let's, and now I'm going out to shows with Greg as well. Um, so there are a lot of guys my age. I'm 34, 33. I'm 33. There's a lot of guys my age. There's a lot of guys that are 17, 18 years old that blow me away that are amazing artists. Um, but we also look up to a lot of guys like Steve. Steve's probably 70. Eight, I believe. Seven. He just had a birthday. Uh, Vic, who is fundamental in starting Cole Ironworks. He, he just passed away last weekend, actually. Um, he, if it weren't for his garage, we would have never had the workspace for Andy and Nathan to start it. So there it, it's, it's generational and we're just trying to support the generation both above and below us. Instead of teaching everything going down, we're figuring out where we can go both ways. That's a different show. All right. <laughs> so tell us about cool school. So you've explained the product and what you guys do, but then you have, and this is where Greg came in. You have, opportunities for people to come in and to learn how the machines work and how to, how to actually be a maker. Yeah. So we have a uh, cool school of iron, um, cool school of iron.com. I believe check that out. It is. Um, so we have everything from, uh, how to swing a hammer, what stance to take to make sure you still have a shoulder at 30 years old, uh, to all the way up to Charlie Ellis, who's coming, who's teaching one specific style of knife. And it's, just the tang of the knife. He's really not going to get in depth about the blade itself. He's teaching about the tang uh, and how to make an integral. And then, and of course, of- I know what a tang is, but if you'll yeah. explain that to the rest of the audience. So the tang is the part of the uh, the knife that comes off of the blade. Yeah. So an integral, an, an integral has a choil or bolster or um, your, your typical chef's knife that you would get at a store. The metal part in front of the handle is the same width as the handle, and that's an integral bolster. Yes. Uh, so integral means it's all made it's all together. Piece. Yes. yes. Um, and you're, you know, like I said, voice bolster. But we the classes start from anywhere from how to swing a hammer. You make a, a punch, a chisel to make your hammer. That's a three day class. Um, David's class. David's class, which is just about the fit and finish of the handle. Charlie's class, which is about pretty much just the tang and how to get a good integral. We have. Um, Rasmus coming from Scandinavia. I can't Norway. remember the country. Norway. Um, 
coming from Norway to teach just the grinding aspect. It's a very rough forging and then a lot of finishing work on the grinding. So uh, we are also are working with Anderson Community Schools to be able to figure out how to get some of the guys over uh, CNC, welding, uh, just anything with your hands and anything that we can do, we're going to try to incorporate into those classes. Um, but that is 100% our way of, of giving back to the community and trying to create jobs, trying to create the ability for somebody to come in catch an interest and say, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. Right. Get inspired. Don't go spend 80 grand on student loan debt. Go buy 80 grand worth of tools and invest. In <laughs> yeah. Yourself. So fun, fun story about that. <laughs> um, I don't think I'll ever be allowed to uh, lapel's career day ever again. <laughs> oh, no. um, our safety guy, his son has one of our presses and his son is 12, 12 or 13. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's awesome. Awesome kid. And he's, you guys should come to career day and all this stuff. And I said, oh, that's weird. I'm not going to hire a intern from high school. Right. So I go out and all these kids are coming up. What age do you hire at? What do I have to do to get a job there? And it's like, I eventually just kind of got not fed up with it, but it was, I wasn't there to hire kids. I was there to tell them that you can go do stuff to create exposure. Yeah. So I just started telling kids like, Hey man, I'm not here to give you a job. I'm here to teach you how to get your own job and work for yourself. And a teacher came up and she was talking to me and she kind of walked away. And I thought she walked away much farther than she did. <laughs> and the next kid that came up started asking me the same question. What do I have to do to get hired? All this stuff. I said, listen, kid, man, I want you to drop out and, and work for yourself. <laughs> that's, that's my goal. Cause I, I, I you want, should quit now. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I, I have a, a shirt from a maker named Silas. It says, uh, drop out of school and make knives. <laughs> and that's, that's what I want. I want kids to be independent. I want them to be self-sufficient. I spent a lot of time in the school administrators and, may have come walking down immediately. <laughs> Every one of those kids is a $10,000 coupon, sir. Yeah. So, uh, I don't think I'll ever be allowed back there again, but that's, poor, that's four kids drop out. We have to fire a teacher, Francis, <laughs> <laughs> especially at lapel. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's half their graduating class, isn't it? I don't know. I went, I went to LX, so it's not much better. I think we graduate like 40 kids. My senior I'm just year, impressed. So. You have all your teeth from Madison County. It's really, <laughs> a, it's a testament. So yeah, that's the point of the school is to get, get people inspired. Uh, it doesn't matter. We do uh, 12 years old all the way up to. 180. We don't care. As long as you're coming out to get inspired and have a good time. We've had a couple guys show up to classes that I genuinely, when they walked through the door, I was like, you could teach this class. Like, why are you here? And they're there for a good time or they're there to get maybe an outside perspective. Yep. Benton, who just taught a class is like 32 or 33. Uh, and one, all of his students were older than him, first of all. And second, one of them is probably one of the best hammer makers in Indiana. And when he walked through the doors, I was like, Chuck, why are you even here? You, you should be teaching. Um, and it's just that kind of community to just get involved and get your hands on stuff. I hate theoretical, right? Like I hate like watching YouTube videos and saying, Oh, I could build a forge and I could do this or you could just go do it. And, and we give people the years. ability to do it. I, I was that way for years being exposed to Andy and David making knives and swords. And it's like, that looks really, I didn't care about the mythopo mythopoetic part, <laughs> but what they were doing was cool. Just watching them take steel and mold it and make it what they wanted it to be. That was always what was cool. And it, it always was so daunting. Yeah. It was, it was like, Oh, I'm going to make my own forge one day. I'll, I'll, I'll do it one day. Well, finally, after the, hammer in i was like you know what screw it i'm just gonna do it and i finally did so you have the the maker's market coming up as well yeah this is this is the big event that uh that greg said this is timely we need to get we need to promote this now so people understand what's coming up you're yeah. hosting a big event at coal ironworks yes uh is it labor day weekend it is i'm so bad with dates and when stuff it's september 2nd and i believe that is labor yes. day weekend yeah uh, this is the first job I've ever had that I get Labor Day off. So that's why I don't know when Labor Day. In fact, I'm used to being like, ah, Labor Day's coming. I'm going to be super busy. Um, but it is September 2nd. And the cool thing about that is it's not just going to be metalwork or blue collar, as you put it. Um, we're having, uh, there's a couple tattoo artists that are coming out selling flash. There's going to be a whole farmer's market. Um, I think there's a band. I think we've got the band locked in. Uh, we've got furniture makers. We've got 
anybody and everybody that wants to apply, I believe we still have some spots open. You can apply on our on our website at uh, coalironworks.com. There's a little tab for it. Uh, but it is it that is our way to genuinely just give back to the to the community. It's completely free, both so, for the vendors and for the people coming. Essentially a maker's farmer's market. Yeah. So it's not just local honey and flowers and the stuff that you, you everyone has a farmer's market, right? Uh, we want to do it right. We want to do it big and, and we're incredibly blessed to have the facility that we do. It's way bigger than we need. We have way more parking. We have our parking lots that we have are bigger than what the Anderson farmer market farmer's market is currently held. in. that's kind of what inspired it is like, do you guys want a bigger section? Like, let's make this big, right? Let's, let's do this. Um, so we wanted to be able to set something up to, to allow people to put themselves in front of an audience. So any idea how many vendors you're expecting as of now? Obviously, you're still a month away, but I have got no feel. idea. We're going to say there's going to be 500 vendors. Um, Somewhere around 1,000. Sure. 100. Yeah. The vendors will be 15 vendors. 15 vendors uh, that we're arranging, but yes. I don't know how many farmer's market vendors are coming. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. there's good, there, we have three parking lots and we have events planned in each one of them, and the school will be open for quick 30 to 45-minute um, learn how to make a knife, learn how to you know, just real quick forging experiences. Um, I believe there's a bottle opener, bottle opener, knife and uh, punch and chisel set or something like that. I think just stuff to get you exposed to. Yeah, it sounds crazy, right? Like just walk into a place and you can make your own tools or you can forge or, you know, whatever. But once again, we want to make it accessible and it's not that crazy to just walk into our facility, get a five minute safety rundown and then walk away with a railroad spike knife. I will tell you that Zach and I have been happy owners of fire pokers. We purchased at the, uh, uh, Fort Valonia days from this, this old, probably 90 year old forging guy, uh, who guaranteed them for as long as he lived, uh, that they would, they, they would <laughs> that last wasn't very long at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially during COVID. Cause yeah. it could have been, it could have yeah. been hours. We didn't know. <laughs> yeah. We didn't know. But it's spectacular, you know. It's it's a it's a great thing, and that's why I, I mentioned it to Greg a couple weeks ago. I'm like, somebody needs to make these. This guy's not gonna be around forever. Yeah. It, you know, th- those are the camping world. Everybody loves uh, fire the- pokers are fun because they're pretty simple. Yeah, you, um, but you can do a little bit of detail. You put a little spin in it. You yeah, can, I mean, you can it can get as artistic as you want. The world but it's is incredibly your oyster. U- yeah, incredibly utilitarian. Yeah, um, and it could be as long or short as you want. They're, you know, you order the thing from the guy, and he's like, "How long do you want?" It? I'm like, "Hell, I don't know. Whatever's normal." I <laughs> Long enough, I'm not going to get burned. I, I, <laughs> yeah. And see, I make I make steak flippers and then uh, Dutch oven lid lifters. I have no, I I don't have a set length. I make them. It's like eh, it's whatever it is today. Yeah. They're entirely custom. Well, it was that long because that's where the the pole stopped being hot. Yeah, that's where, exactly. When it was in my forge. That's so how long my arm is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's kind of how my stuff ends up too. <clears throat> like I just made uh, I made my girlfriend some sh- some shepherd's hooks. And I was like, how, how tall do you want them? And she was like, I don't know, like a normal height, like you said. So I'm 6'4". So they're incredibly tall shepherd's hooks because the bird feeder's at eye level. Yeah. Makes sense to me. They're, they're normal human height. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> yeah, she's 5'4 and has to crane her neck to see the birds. She needs a step stool to be able to, to garden with her, uh, <laughs> with her shepherd's hooks. But with the school being open, I think that's the coolest part about this uh, maker's market mm-hmm. is because – their classes are three days long, typically. It is your shortest class. I think Nathan's going to do one half-day class. Yeah, he's got a half-day class coming up. But but because I get young kids all the time when I'm set up here locally at the farmer's market. I get at least four every single week. Hey, will you teach me? It's like, ah, I'm still very much learning myself. Go see my friends at Coal Iron. And they do classes and stuff, but with their school being open and it being quick, simple projects. It's a great way to get exposure and exactly. then to get the bug. Yeah. Yes. And it's not the, hey, I'm going to take a three-day class that's going to cost me, you know. There's some zeros yeah, in, there in are, some of the higher-end classes. In some of the higher-end yes. classes, there are zeros for sure. But those are um, – soon they'll be available online for less because you obviously don't get to ask questions in person or maybe see some of the finer detail. Um, the, we wanted to come out with a bang. And so we got world renowned top tiers, top tier people so that we could get some online content and, and start spreading. Uh, next year, there's going to be a lot more introductory classes. There's still going to be the top tier stuff. Um, 
which is also kind of what we're known for is not shying away from quality. Uh, if it means that it's going to cost an extra 150 bucks, we're going to do it if it's going to last five more years or, you know, whatever the case is, there's not a lot of quality left. And so when we opened it, not a lot of quality left in just a machinery and, and everything's just a dime a dozen now. So when we opened the school, we, we went in with that same mindset of we want the top, quality teachers here. Uh, and, and you're right. There's some zeros that, that takes money, but the guys coming to these classes are typically doing this full time and it's, it's part of their job to stay. You have somebody educated. coming from Norway to right. come teach a class. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Absolutely. Indiana is kind of like the Norway of America, right? <laughs> he won't be honestly, I, honestly, <laughs> it sounds like you guys have, have made, central indiana a, a destination for this right yeah like it's not you know i'm sure there are people that go yeah this is a really big deal it's a it's a it's a big thing on the schedule and, and anderson is the place to come to you know it, it's the destination to come yeah well, it's incredibly humbling to go to these events in atlanta and, and i just got back from northern uh i think it was in northern uh, michigan and the amount of people that come up and they're like hey francis and i'm like i don't Hey, and they're like, "Oh, don't worry. I just watch the podcast, or I just see on Instagram." And it's it, it, it's incredibly humbling because, like I said, I grew up around here. I was here when GM left for the last time, yep. and to think that people are proud to come to Anderson. You know, we don't we don't hear the people that that come in and they're like, "Man, this place is a dump." They come in, they're like, "I can't believe I'm here." It's a really cool feeling to to be a, a small part of that. Well, and especially like the Hammer Inn, I had never been to a Hammer Inn really before the one last year mm -hmm. and the people like Steve Schwarzer was there. Uh, Will Stelter, who's a YouTube guy. He's, what, he's 22? one of those young guys that blows me away. Yeah. He's, oh, his work is incredible. He sold a marshmallow roaster for, uh, probably five digits. I'm not going to give an exact <laughs> number, but it was five digits. I think. And the cars cost per marshmallow, Zach is, for, <laughs> You've got to make a shit ton of marshmallows to start got, making that pay off. You got two hits in on an RV <laughs> dust cap, and we're like, I'm over this. Murder it. And these guys are like spending how much time making a s'more stick. Uh, oh, oh, that like, probably took him like six months. It has a, a mammoth bone on it. And, so. and he won. Of course it does. He yeah. won best of the rest at a knife show. Yeah. So at a knife show, he won an award with his marshmallow poker. That sounds spectacular. Yeah. So, but the people that cut, back, but the people that come to the hammering is just incredible. And then uh, Lucas O'Hare of Grizzly Forge. Yeah. And just Bob the, Rankin comes down from, yeah. from Michigan. He's a he's a huge Damascus guy. So this is the Andy Davis hammering that's going to be in December. Yes, December first and second, I believe, or second and third. I can't remember which one it is. Once again, I'm bad with dates. I just show up when they tell me to. It's the first Friday and first Saturday of December. Yes. All right. And you are expecting people from all over the country. Yes. To come to Anderson, Indiana, which has now been reclaimed as the uh, forging capital of North America. <laughs> well, the Norway of uh, America is, I believe, how I put it. The, the Norway, it, the Nordic lands of, 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 of East Central Indiana. Honestly, though, Greg, you know, our our families are all automotive and the UAW companies that have left, right? My dad was a GM employee. Mm -hmm. it, like it's, it, it is kind of therapeutic to hear that, Hey, this is how we've found a way to replace an industry that's left. Yeah. That now, now we're a destination that does other things. Now we've got 10 employees, not 50,000. Sure. Keep that in mind. <laughs> um, still very small, but yeah, like, well, I don't, I don't know, man, they're going to have to hire somebody else to run it if they got 50,000. <laughs> um, but like, like you said, it is really cool. We have guys that come in and they're like, oh, I used to run this liner. I used to weld this for this. And I and they have a lot of pride in what they did. And they get to experience that again with us, which is super cool. At, at the local markets, I have, had, I have a ton of old Chrysler employees come up and they want to talk about the power hammers they ran and the forgings that they did at Chrysler. And it, it's really cool to see them see my work and go, man, I really liked what I did. And yep. that's cool that you guys, you it, young guys that never did that job, are back in it again. I didn't get the chance. Yeah. It yeah. Was, it was well, th there's a whole generation of folks that have had to reinvent themselves and entirely, you know, on the fly. You had a, you know, generation, you know, two, 
three generations of folks that came up from Kentucky and they worked in the auto plants here mm-hmm. and then they all disappear. And the guys that are 50, 60 years old, 70 years old now, they had that job. They thought they'd have it for life. And all of a sudden it, it went away and they had to reinvent and they might've become a realtor. They might've become an auto mechanic. They've, yep. you know, they, they went into law enforcement Moved or, or fire, whatever. Worked for Subaru. Yeah. 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 Or, you, or, you, you know, that's, I'm, we were joking before the show about how small Indiana is. My, my cousin is a sales rep for you guys. She's from Arizona. I'm from New York, right? The reason I came here is because our, our GM plant in New York state closed GM abducted me and I landed here when I was 10 years old and that yep. lasted for six or seven years until the, until this plant went away too. Yep. Um, in, in Muncie, uh, and then ultimately dad wound up in Allison and Speedway. Uh, but that's, that's the way that industry worked. You either yeah. moved with it as it was changing and going away or you, uh, or you have to, had to find a new way. So, yeah, uh, I think I was a freshman in high school when that all went away and I, it, it was within three or four weeks of them announcing, uh, Delphi was closing. I probably had half my class, you know, I went from, I was at Highland by that time. Uh, and I probably went from 500 kids in my freshman grade to, I think we graduated like 200, 250. It was like overnight. Just disappeared. Insane. Yeah. It, at Blue River, like we a, went from 85 to 60. Yeah. Overnight. It's like a rapture. The, the, <laughs> yeah. the Indiana rapture happened. They all moved to Fort Wayne. <clears throat> yeah. Essentially. Essentially, that's what happened. But they went to Marion. They went to Fort Wayne. They just they had to go. They had to go somewhere else. Yeah. All right. So, what else do people know? If they want to participate in the hammer in, uh, that's free. There's a cost. There's a registration. So the makers market's free. Absolutely free to come. Uh, I think there's like a ten dollar charge to do black blacksmithing experience, and that covers the cost of the railroad spike, the propane stuff like that. Now, parking is seventy two dollars. Uh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and it's in Middletown because it's at my house, and you have to find a way. To there will be shop. a shuttle. Yeah. Yes, yeah, there will be a shuttle. Um, the hammer in is uh, forty dollars for the day of demonstrations, or forty dollars for the day of open forging, or sixty dollars for both days. And the demonstrations we have, uh, honestly, I was shocked at a couple of the guys we were able to get. One of them, uh, Derek Melton, is coming up from either Alabama or Louisiana. Um, he's really big in just making whatever. He doesn't have a specialty, but he's very well-versed in induction forges, which we just launched our own induction forge. So he wanted to come up, and he's he's really pumped on us because we're the only American support <laughs> of, a, of an induction forge. Every Literally everything else is Chinese. We are getting them OEM'd uh, for us in China, but at least when you have a problem, you're going to call and get American support. You're not going to be on a hold line for 35 hours. Uh, we've got Ben Snur coming up from Texas. Hopefully, he's going to work on uh, a 120, which is a big, big press. Uh, we've got Andrew Larson coming up from Kentucky, who's one of the he, they call themselves the Chain Gang. They're all 18 or 19 years old, just amazing blacksmiths. Um, who else is coming up? I mean, Steve will be there, but he's not demonstrating. Uh, I'm really uh, excited about Josh and David's. Josh and David, who both do like what they call mythopoetic. Um, they make elf swords. That's the best <laughs> way to put it. They just they make elf swords. But I mean, do you think everything's an elf sword because you're so damn tall? Uh, well, well, I mean, in Lord of the Rings, elves are tall, and they're they're Lord of the Ring elves. They're not. They're right. not like yeah. You know, but yeah, the hammer is going to be really cool. No matter what day you come, there's going to be really, really good demonstrations. The day of the open forging, the IBA will be there, Indiana Blacksmithing Association. So even if you don't know what you're doing, you come out, there are going to be guys at every single station to be able to, to work with you, talk to you, work you through a small project. Um, and we're also going to start hosting IBA meetings on the fourth Saturday of every month. So we have a whole lot going on. Uh, the best thing I can tell you guys is is just keep checking our website because something else will pop up in the midst of all this. You guys are spending an incredible amount of time, energy, and effort into the into the extra side. This yeah. isn't even that. This isn't the main production. This side isn't. Of the yeah. This isn't. This is all the side. service. This side. isn't how we make money. This is how we give back to the community, and this is uh, this is how we care. And this that's that's the focal point of our business. Andy, before he started Cole with Nathan, uh, taught classes. So that was a big inspiration to the school. That's why we call it the Andy Davis hammer. And we have it around the time that he passed away to honor his memory. Um, and we just want to continue on a legacy of, of caring about the people around you because at the end of the day, who's left and we want to be the people that are left. Yep. Now I did hear you say you're from Middletown, Indiana. I moved to Middletown after moving from Chicago, uh, moved back from Chicago last summer. And decided that I did not want to live on uh, the north side of Anderson because it's too close to my parents. <laughs> so I went 
from one rough neighborhood to another. Though. So did you see <laughs> Middletown's the Chicago of Anderson? Well, I was in Arlington Heights, so I was yeah. in like kind of the Carmel. So, <laughs> so Middletown's new police chief is Landon Dean, Boss Hog alum. Uh, and this week, Landon got into a. He took down Google. He took, he, took he down had, Google. He he Did clocked a Google, a Google Street View car doing over a hundred miles an hour by on Raider Road, and chases the thing and and it goes down to US thirty six. <clears throat> the same construction. This is a, a little color here. The same construction company. This is like they are cursed. The same construction company that had the US thirty six bridge in Newcastle. That the the Buick drove off the road yeah. and landed or on thirty eight and, yeah. and landed in the Big Blue River. Yeah, uh, same exact crew, same exact company had oh, the, had the man. bridge out on thirty six in Pendleton that the Google car yeeted off of <laughs> and landed in the river doing one hundred and twenty <laughs> miles an hour because the driver was afraid to stop to stop for Landon. So the yeah the the <laughs> only information I've gotten about this is from a coworker who also lives in Middletown. Who got it from Facebook, which Middletown has the most active small town Facebook community group that I've ever. Chris is always coming in like, uh, this happened two, two doors down from you. And it's like a cat peed outside. Like, what? But he Stop came in. Yeah. yeah he, he was like, did you see this? And I'm expecting the same thing. People complaining about stray cats. It's a huge problem, an actual huge problem. In so Middletown. They, they sent out a press release. We got it. We saw it. Okay. And I shared it. I'm like, oh, this is going to be huge. Cause I'm like, First of all, 100 mile an hour police chase on the Google car. I'm like, this should all be on tape. Didn't he just not stop because he was afraid of getting a ticket and a ticket means you lose your job? Because that's what I was told. I don't know the I don't know. He's in the county jail. We could go check. <laughs> what's par- What's parking your Google car in a river get you? Uh, probably a lot more than losing your job. Uh, the, car has, the car had a California plate. I had just seen it. I was like, oh, cool, the Google car. Like two weeks ago, I'm in Muncie yep. in the same well, that's Google news. car. That's news anyway when the Google car right. is around. My comes- house just got updated on Google. I, yeah. I, I was like, oh, they were around? Our house <laughs> Our house got done in June, and I was away on vac- at vacation. I'm like, the entire driveway is empty. It was yeah. a, a miracle. There was no camper. There was no truck. There was Nothing was there. Uh, we had one car in the driveway in June when they did it. I'm like, I could show off all my new concrete work. So the guy's been running around the area for months updating stuff. I saw him in Muncie. It is a like a Honda SUV, very current looking, baby blue, uh, with with like this like a mountain scene wrap. A, yeah, mountain on, scene yeah. wrap and the giant camera on top, the 360 camera, uh, and it was the same car. And I was like, my only complaint is that when they sent the press release out, they took a really shitty photo because this thing has been shared. I think the Today Show has picked it up. It was on. <laughs> It was on like puberty or something yeah, on Instagram. Instagram. You sent it to me today. Yeah. It has gone worldwide, coast to coast from Middletown. It's, it's got it ticks all the boxes. It's the greatest story ever. I just, I and love- it started two blocks from me, and I was completely unaware. <laughs> I just I want to see the I want to see the street view from a car <laughs> during, during the, the high during 120 yeah. miles yeah. an hour. It was just like you look on Raider Road, it's just blurry. Yeah. Like, it's just a blur. Everything. And Google's like, oh, we don't need to send a car back down that road for a while. We just did it. We're good. Yeah. yeah. I, I love the logic of I can't get pulled over. I'm going to run from the cops. Yeah. In a car that has got a camera mast basically sticking off the road. It's not like it's a it's that a gray Honda cord that's going to hide directly somewhere. reports to a satellite, right? Yeah, I I imagine Cut, it covered in Google <laughs> Google stuff. Yeah, it's it's recording his crime in yeah. 360 degree panoramic, probably in 4K or something crazy like that. And it's beaming me back to the mothership. I'm surprised there's probably a guy who was like, why is one of our cars doing 120 miles an hour? <laughs> yeah. And then they pull up the camera like, why is there a police officer? By? I mean, I'm, that'd be awesome if somebody was like one of his bosses or some overlord was watching the chase and could like look and see where he was going and what he was driving by. Cause it's, it's just got cameras all over it. But like the logic of, I don't want to get pulled over. <coughs> I'm instead going to run from the cops. Well, when when Landon saw him, he was already going a hundred. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, what was he? Oh, from I was I, I was told that he was parked on Raider Road for like an hour, and that whoever pulled him over, or whatever tried to pull him over, tried to approach the car, and as soon as he tried to approach the car to figure out, hey man, why is this Google car parked on a road for an hour or two? He just took off. The I think the report I, I read said he was observed doing over a hundred miles an that, hour that's when what the I, chase I read started, uh, okay. but. Paper. Okay. but 
You never know. I haven't seen the Milltown News to see what the official. I'm looking forward I'm, I'm to the trial. I'm going to tell you right now. I know what I was Could told was probably being wrong because it's Facebook. <laughs> yeah, but just yeah. So the, yeah, Lane and yeah, he's not he's not the sheriff of Henry County, but he's doing good work out there in Milltown. He's <laughs> busting Google. Yeah, it's like the best the part heart. is that like obviously Milltown, he has an iPhone. <laughs> Yeah, well, and well, the best part is Milltown made the news not for anything that happened by a citizen of Milltown. Like it's just Milltown. Like, oh look, our cop arrested this guy, and you can just blame it. Or like all the people here, would be like, oh, it's those California libs just speeding around here trying to kill people or something. But it's like <laughs> you just blame it on some other guy. But I just, yeah, the trial will be funny. I just want to be even better if there was nobody in the car. I had that thought: is that whether or not the car. Car like, was driving because I think I read the story. Reading in the paper, it, it did almost not sound me- like it, that because the, the the story did not mention a driver until the very until end. the very end. And so I had a thought: was this is an auto? This is like a, a self driving car that's just was going haywire. M Night Shyamalan movie, and because it's like it's passing people and all this other stuff. And I was like, and so yeah, in my brain, it, the initial read there, I'm like, is this an is this a self an autonomous car? And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, and then the, the driver got like, oh, there's a driver in. Yeah, all like, my updates have been through Chris. Yeah, yeah so. which is I, I read it through Facebook. Paper, so. Yeah. Yeah, so the, I, the official story that's on Fox59.com, once again, this story went everywhere. It says, as the vehicle passed the officer, the officer noted 360-degree camera on top of the car. So it was the officer gave chase, Landon gave chase, and ended up catching Ferguson at the 8500 block of US 36, driving at speeds well over 100 miles an hour. Well, he passed several other vehicles and refused to pull over the police. I mean, the minute he had a cop behind him, he was done. Yeah. Because the it's a super identifiable car. At some point, somebody could just be like, can we contact Google? And they'll tell you where the car is. Because it's <laughs> yeah. guaranteed it's got GPS on it. And well, other so than does that, he it's if just, he works for Google. It's, it's just, yeah, he probably does. <laughs> probably and has other a chance. It's just like, where are you going to hide? And how long are you going to run? Eventually, you know, state police are going to jump in. On, just going to, somebody at some point, they're going to throw a helicopter at you, and they're going to track you down. I just don't understand. Full like, Grand Theft Auto. I, I mean, I'll be honest. Five, five stars. stars. Here's, five here's, stars the same, yeah. here's the same level of because I, mean, I just saw a story too about like police went up and knocked on some guy's door, and the guy ran and jumped off a bridge, like running from the cops. And the cops weren't at the house for him; they were at the house for somebody else. But this guy ran on, jumped off a bridge, and died. Running from the cops, and he was—they were looking for him. The great thing is that when Just these incidents weird. happen, there are now cameras everywhere. I'm scrolling the scrolling the TikTok this morning because I'm friends with the Chinese, and <laughs> it's it's like this guy sits sitting there egging his buddy on, saying, "I'll give you 250 bucks, go jump on the field." It's a Florida Marlins game the night before, so it's him just talking to his buddy, and then he walks down, and then he jumps on the field, and he's. Running across, he goes out, slaps high five to the third to the to the outfielder, runs across, gets chased by security, jumps back up into the grandstand, and it looks like he gets away. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. And then you see the next video, and it's some random fan watching. It's like some dude just streak. He called it a streaker. The guy didn't take his clothes off, but he called him a streaker. And now you've got this from like three or four different angles, all sticking it on social media, and it ends with him in cuffs. He got cuffed. I was gonna say he'll, he'll, he'll be, he will he, be found. He looked like he got away, like he he was in the concourse. The cop he outran security, got into the concourse, and it looked like he got away. But they he didn't leave the stadium. Yeah, he was in cuffs no when he left. He got away, yeah. so the question is, the friend was paying him two hundred fifty bucks. Is that going to cover? His, yeah. Is that enough That's, to cover the you yeah, know the I, the yeah, incident? I bet you, and he's probably banned for life. Probably can't come back to a Marlins game. And and used to be you'd hear that and you'd think yeah what are they going to do now they'll find you because they have they probably have official recognition cameras well and, and, they, his, and, and he might get his in the buddy gate, posted but, the damn video on the internet yeah. the next day yeah he's like a, it's the good luck hiding he's a, thanks a, Greg that's a real good friend <laughs> hey he's like hey look I'm going to make my two hundred fifty bucks back on clicks today yeah but if Greg shot a video nobody would be able to recognize anything through the lens no. <laughs> no, it, it's always grease covered, grease fog cracks. <laughs> you dropped it twice since I, I got here. Well, yes, it, I, <laughs> I had it in the case for a very long time, and I ran it over with the mower on Saturday. <laughs> I'm just shocked it still works. It's still barely alive. Um, the screen's not. It, you are the guy. You should be an OtterBox ambassador, not the guy with well, the naked phone. Yeah, it's because I chopped my OtterBox up in the mower <laughs> when I ran it over on Saturday. The, the good folks at Amazon will get you a new case within hours. 
within hours you can have a new one. Uh, all right, one more thing that I had I wanted to I wanted to mention. I had made a big prediction in the IndyCar world. Uh, Nashville is going to be. It's kind of been a rumor for a little while. The Nashville IndyCar race is going to be the the season finale next year, but the Tennessee Titans are getting a new football stadium. So I want to brag on myself, and I just showed Greg. They they leaked out the new track configuration, and I sat there on Google Maps last week, and I'm like, I think this is what it'll be because they want to do Broadway. And I had it within a block, Greg. Within one block. Within one block of, of what they're actually going to do. So the new configuration next year is going to be uh, over and back on the, on the bridge that they've still used because they're going to include it, and it's going to hang a right immediately, go up Broadway, I think, to 4th Street or whatever, so right right as the bar row ends and then kind of work their way back by the hotels and, and back across the bridge. should be a little, just under two and a half miles. It looks like Good. a guitar or a crack pipe, depending upon how you want to, <laughs> what you want to look at it. Road America looks like pants and I, it, it could be a pipe or it could be, a, it could be a guitar. Probably if you're from Tennessee or local, it looks like a guitar. And if you're coming down from Indiana, if it was like Anderson, if it was Anderson, it looks like a meth pipe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So that, uh, hopefully that'll be good for at least for the weather because it's always it like was ninety four so, degrees down there. We, Mason Roddinghouse, Sarah, and myself attended the first one. It was first weekend in August, standing in the Titans parking lot, and it was the hottest event I'd ever been to in my life. This will be in September now, so I guess maybe even hotter. I don't know. It's still the South. It's just a swamp down there, but it should be it should be fun. But I I just I wanted to take credit because I'm usually not right about anything. But I got this. I got this right, and I and I I showed the proof to Greg. So I was I wanted I wanted it read into the record tonight. Uh, and I, Francis, I know you don't give a damn, but I I wanted everybody else to know. <laughs> Zach, we're we're into final thoughts. You got anything for me? Um, not too much. Uh, Broad Street Cruise this weekend. If you're in Newcastle and you're listening before Saturday, I think it's kids' night. So I think there might be raffling some stuff off. And the Pointer Brothers are involved, and they had a big truck full of bikes get delivered. So um, other than that. Not much because I think I discussed most of my weekend stuff in Patreon. So go join if you want to go hear about jet car shenanigans. Um, other than that, just everybody enjoy the weather. Back to school. My kids went back today. Did you take any pictures? My I wife did. did. I haven't seen the, the Bircham family photos. Was there a chalkboard involved? No, we did not do that. We don't do the chalkboard. It's enough to get my kids to stand still, look at a camera, and not be beating on each other <laughs> to get a picture. And to get the one into school because my oldest has been counting down the days. He was super excited. He's ran around during back to school night, just socializing and having a good time. Uh, he already knows his teacher because she was working with him kind of in the summer because she was doing, they do like little pop up um, STEM events like around uh, or the science technology stuff. And she would, she was doing some of those. And so she would work with them there because he was, they were doing them at the Y and she also had him for robotics club uh, last year. So he was super excited. The other one's like, oh, I don't want to go. So he slept through back to school night, and I had to go put his stuff away. And then he was nervous, baby. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, a lot of back to school pictures today. At least, at least in Newcastle, we waited until August because some of the Indianapolis schools are already back. I think some of the county schools don't go back for like another week. We didn't have a complete town panic like we did for the first day of school last year. So. Gold star to everybody on the team. Yeah, that was my that was my son's school last year. That somebody accidentally hit the panic button on an app and and called in basically a live shooter uh, alarm kind of thing. So, oh yeah, and for all the other local people, Moreland Free Fair Next kicks week. off on Monday. <laughs> it's the Moreland State Fair. Just skip the State Fair. Go right to Moreland. No admission. It's free. It's free. I genuinely thought it was called the Moreland State Fair until I was like 17 <laughs> oh, years old. When, it, I, when I met you, I was still yeah. calling it the Moreland State yeah. Fair. Go get, go get yeah. some elephant ear bites from the Blue River Band. Go get some footlong hot dogs from the volunteer fire department. Watch get, the tractor pull. Yeah, get some. Oh, yeah. And go to the FFA, get a, a, a lemon shake-up. You got to hit all those. And then there's the ham and bean tent, which isn't much my jam, but... Usually, what, Thursday? You can watch the court-fed clompers, too. Don't forget that. Yeah. you got the big parade. Court-field clompers. No, no 5K this year. A little bummed about the no 5K, but they're trying to find somebody else to run it. And Could have been you. Not going to be me. You've got I the experience. Don't live in Moreland. Um, they've got their own people that can do that. Um, yeah, I think, what is it, Thursday night street trucks for the truck pulls, and then Friday nights... Friday night, Saturday night's like the pro trucks. I mean, Thursday night, though, go watch somebody break their stuff because somebody's going to drive in 
and then they're going to be looking for somebody to tow them home. Well, they they uh, they break their dad's stuff, not their own stuff. I've seen dealers bring trucks. Yeah, uh, Toyota. Toyota, Toyota will bring. Toyota will years. bring. Yeah, they will bring a brand new Tundra with the window sticker still in it, and I'm just waiting for a drive shaft to just blow apart. I was like, I want to go back the next day with a video and be like, so how much off of this truck? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, look. You took it to a truck pull and you hooked like twenty thousand pounds to the back of it. I don't think it's good for that. But yeah, yeah. Toyota used to do a lot. So, hey man, Toyota truck could pull the space shuttle. <laughs> Saw it on TV. <laughs> Francis, do you have any final thoughts for us? Anything else to promote? You got a podcast. You need to tell us about that, um, if nothing else. Yeah, so we've got a podcast. It's called the Coalcast. Uh, it's a little bit of going into the history of coal where we're at, what we're doing currently. We interview a lot of great makers. We interview everybody on staff. Um, and once again, it's just our, us trying to get people to be excited about what we're doing and get them involved, make them feel like they're already there. Uh, and I guess that kind of is my final thought is, is hopefully something that Greg or I said in the course of this, gets you excited to try something, get outside of your comfort zone, go outside in a shop when it's already 95 degrees out and light a forge to 2,500 degrees and get even hotter. Um, let us know. You can email me directly at info at coaliron.com. Uh, if you want to get involved with anything that we're doing, if you just want to talk about blacksmithing, if you want to talk about knife making, uh, we love being a part of this this grander community of metalwork. But uh, obviously, it has to start at home, and we have to support the people that are around us. So um, just get involved. Let us know what you need, and, and let us support you. Fantastic. Greg, if they want to buy a knife or get uh, get some work done on their car, how do they how do they find you and support you? Uh, Monday through Friday, I'm at Jeff's Alignment just down Ray Street here. And then uh, I, my blacksmithing stuff can be found at, at G Counts Metalworks on Instagram. Very good. Greg single-handedly solved my uh, my air conditioning problems in the Tahoe. He's the, uh, he, he is the whisperer. The, the the GM uh, the the 08 GM whisperer is, is great. Uh, he's got a project car sitting in my garage that I just refuse to get rid of. That uh, he's about need- to have to whisper to. <laughs> Zach has a Dakota. I've been friends with Zach for five, six, seven years now. I've, he has a Dakota that I've never seen out in the it's daylight. Been, it has been out in that time frame. I've never seen it. First of all, it, mine isn't a project vehicle. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a project. <laughs> I didn't buy it as such. I it's your first car. It's my first car. So I've oh, owned it okay, since gotcha. 99. So yeah. I've had it for 24 years. Last I knew it still ran. Um, but it yeah, it sits in the garage on a tender. I need to get out, but it's like one of those things where my garage looks like a meth lab. There's stuff crammed in it. On the There's stuff in the bed. I don't pile stuff on the truck itself. But um, And there's a camper half in the driveway, so I have to move stuff around to get it out. And it... If anybody's driven an old vehicle before, like it's a 92, if the if it's been sitting for a while, which it's been sitting for a while, it starts up like a big block, like it's loping and stuff, and that's just because the PCM's just trying to adjust to like... It's trying to figure out what the current year is. Yeah, yeah. it's trying to figure <laughs> out. It's like, oh, where's it, Herbert Walker Bush, you know? <laughs> and so... Y2K. It's, yeah. And so it's it's like actually a bit of a handful to it get says, in. where's my leaded fuel? To get in and out of the garage. No, it runs all in leaded... But it yeah. only knows how to drive to Blockbuster. <laughs> and it's, it's I mean, it might now be the lowest mileage vehicle I own. Though. Your truck voted for Perot. All right. <laughs> been a while. Thank you guys for being a part of the show tonight. Uh, Zach will let us know next week how many miles are on his trucks. We'll get an odometer clock from I don't know. The, that truck broke an odometer. <laughs> it broke an odometer. It's on a, it's on, I had to swap an odometer, but I think it's, it's got like 225 on it. And that, yeah, so, yeah, no, it's getting close to getting past. All your vehicles together, you get a million miles? I go over a million miles on all my vehicles together. One of them's a cheater. Me as well. One of them's a cheater. Uh, yeah, I've got two, two something on that one, 240 on a Tahoe, 210 on a Mazda, and I have 370 on an excursion. All right. I bought it with 364. I've got two cars with combined less mileage than the excursion yeah i mean it's that's the cheater when i bought it with 364 on it oh okay yeah we're, we're gonna wrap up so we can watch paul tracy we're in the srx series <laughs> no paul tracy he's suspended for life don't All take right. off kenny schrader guys yeah kenny ken wins i i had so much fun watching ken schrader say i'm never racing with this guy again and he ended his career it's spectacular Ken has nine fingers and a really bad attitude. All right. We'll see you guys. And races at Anderson Speedway. Uh, we will uh, we'll see you guys next week.